This is the Cine Snob Podcast. Hi, welcome to episode 248 of the Cine Snob Podcast. I'm Jared Kingery. I'm Cody Viafania. Cody, um, I mentioned this to you a little bit last week uh, after we reviewed uh, Weird, the Al Yankovic story. Mm-hmm. Remember you and I talking about how it like had weird fits and starts? Yeah, weird like fade outs of scenes and stuff like that. Yeah, I uh, watched the on Roku, uh, the Roku channel, and realize, oh yeah, we're dumb. This is a TV movie, essentially mm-hmm. made for commercial breaks. So now um, I want I want to apologize to fair, for my my assholishness. Go ahead. To be fair, this is the first time I think anyone has watched anything on the Roku channel. So the ad breaks. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> uh, I never, I didn't think about it until that very moment, like the first commercial started. Like, oh shit, this was a TV movie. Like, I mean. I I don't know the last time I watched a TV movie that wasn't HBO, but there has to have been something. Like, I remember the old Ewok movies. And you're way too young for that, but I think mm-hmm. they're on Disney Plus now, uh, which were which came after the original Star Wars films. But you watch those now, and there's, like, weird, like, dramatic fade-outs. Yeah. And that's what we had here. So um, my apologies for not recognizing that we were watching a TV movie. But I, by the way, um, I've never seen so much promotion. That has to be like the first Roku thing that's ever been promoted ever, mm-hmm. uh, because Weird Al Yankovic and Daniel Radcliffe were everywhere. Oh yeah. Uh, and then like, I, do you have a Roku uh, TV, or do you did you just download the app? Or well, would you? I mean, you we watch the screener. We watch the screener, but I do have a Roku TV somewhere. I so. Yeah, it's all over somewhere. I for, I forget you have like five TVs you don't use. I have a lot of TVs, yeah. Because you're an insane person. Mm-hmm. Cody, I think I think you're freezing a little bit here. Okay. Well, I anyway, we'll we'll see if that comes through. Uh, is a problem here, but anyway, um, like I was saying that the uh, Roku app that I use for the remote control at times, like has a little accordion in the corner, like under, mm. it's like devices, uh, settings, and then in the corner is just an accordion that says weird. That's cool. It's a very interesting promoting, so. Anyway, um, how uh, how you doing there? I, I noticed, I just want to mention your Walmart hat, Cody. Oh, you noticed. Um, I did. Uh, you you typically, if anybody notice, notices the your hats during the show, this is, Sort of a takeoff on uh, what was the the show uh, the movie Mister America mm-hmm. was where the joke came from uh, mm-hmm. with Greg Turkington wearing different promotional movie hats and if you follow on cinema yeah. it's probably been an on cinema thing before that but yeah but yeah that's where we became familiar mm-hmm. with it and you kind of took it and ran um, wearing yeah. old promotional hats but today you're just wearing a straight up Walmart hat yeah um, what's the deal. Yeah, so I mean, the uh, you know the 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 movie hats thing. I I think I just find very very funny. <laughs> and, it is funny. And, and I think one thing that you and I have in common is that we we really like uh, like merchand like marketing merchandise from like the most random possible movies. Right. Uh, so uh, so I you know like to collect that stuff. But uh, but yeah, no, I I, I was at a UTSA tailgate this weekend, and it was sponsored by Walmart, and there was a booth of Walmart swag, <laughs> and they had uh, two different styles of hats. So I have a second Walmart hat oh, in slightly different colors. There's one uh, in the in the 
in your back pocket still. Mm-hmm. I do like that it's just a straight up Walmart hat. Like it's not mm-hmm. like a, you know, I've been to plenty of of minor league ball games or whatever where it's kind of a, a crappy hat with the team logo on it and then a big logo on the side of mm-hmm. whatever the the vendor is. That one's just they're like, ah, eh, fuck it, we got Walmart hats. Yeah, we'll pass them out. Exactly. Have no a... UTSA with Walmart brand integration. <laughs> just straight up Walmart. <laughs> the other some... one. Oh, I was just gonna say the other one has a price tag on it. And it's what? like an eight dollar hat. Wait, where do you buy a Walmart? Can you buy a Walmart hat? <laughs> I think so. I have seen uh making the rounds on Twitter that at Costco, which I'm not a member of, we do Sam's Club because it's a little closer to the house. Oh, but yeah. at at uh Costco you can now buy like the Kirkland signature. Like a sweater. Brand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it looks kind of rad. I want to go get one, but I gotta find someone with a costco membership to let me in so i got one but um, too well, bad. sorry if we were just down in san antonio i should have hit you up and we could have made a costco trip <laughs> got, got you a I, did, <laughs> I want to tell you something um i did do that once years ago uh <laughs> because there was a uh, uh a collectible uh, a toy that i was collecting it was transformers that it was exclusively mm-hmm. to costco and I, this is how long ago this was. I posted an ad on Craigslist wow. asking if anybody could, uh, that I could go into Costco with anyone. Uh, and some guy did. Somebody was like, hey. And I met him at Costco and I went in and bought my stupid Transformer. And then. Uh, did you like tip him or? No, he was like, hey. It was just a favor. He was going anyway. He's like, yeah, come on in. Because you could take one guest in, I guess. And. Uh, wow. It was. <laughs> that's the only. <laughs> I never uh, never did anything nefarious on Craigslist, but I did that hit up some random <laughs> some random. To go that into might Costco. be the one story like that 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 ended the way. And that I'm alive. Yeah, I'm alive. <laughs> no one's been murdered. Yeah. <laughs> There's no like drug deal happening. Yeah, it was probably about uh, 15 years ago, if I had to guess. Wow. Um, yeah, it was. Did you uh, you the uh, uh, what <laughs> man seeking toys section? <laughs> <laughs> M4T <laughs> mail for Transformers, but I the T means something else on Craigslist. Um, at least in the parlance of that, I guess they, that's gone, right? You can't do that anymore. I don't know. Right. I haven't used Craigslist in forever. Like, I don't think there's personals solicit. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, like I, uh, think so. I think they shut that down. Like the sex ads. Yeah, years ago. I don't know. Um, I just use uh, Facebook Marketplace for my—I <laughs> mean, uh, my transactions. Um, yeah, I don't know how I got to talking about that. Oh yeah, your hat. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a good hat. I got a Dave hat around here somewhere that I think you steered me toward. Oh yeah. I don't know where it's at. It's in here somewhere. Yeah. Um, I, I'm surprised you don't have a. Did Did you get one? Did you get an Astros World Series hat? Yeah, it just hasn't shipped yet, but it'll be here really? soon. Yeah, they're on a super back order thing. Like my, I got like. Two shirts, two hats, and a hoodie, and uh, it all has not arrived yet. So, how did it feel? Um, I see my Houston Astros friends saying they're vindicated for 2017. I mean, does it really vindicate 2017? No, it doesn't. But like, it helps get the stink off. Like, I think, and that's the most important thing for me. Like, you know, my my whole thing was like, it's it's hard to like defend or excuse, but if they can win a clean one as soon as possible, it would help. <coughs> and so, for me, it's just like. And like and like as they were about to close out, I don't know if you saw any like 
articles from national writers, but a lot of them was a lot of them wrote articles like let's just like let it go. This team is really good, like separate from all that stuff. And only <coughs> a handful of players are still there, and everyone else who started it is gone. So like just let it go. So. Yeah, I mean. But vindicated, no, not really. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I forgot it was that. Long. Was it 2017? Was it that long ago? 26. Yeah. Oh shit, I forgot it was that long ago. I thought it well, was. Well, I, I think it was the 2016-17 season or something like that. So it's 2017. Wait, no, baseball no, doesn't been... cross seasons. That's like right. That. Yeah, it would have been 2016 then. Yeah. I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm. Man, I feel like it was way sooner. Maybe not. That. Maybe it was 2017. I should know this. Yeah, you really should. And, uh, My gut says 2017. Let me look it up. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's 2017. Yes, 2017. Okay. Five years ago. All right. I'm surprised you didn't just run to Academy. Do they not sell them at? I was San in New York. Academies? Oh, that's right. That's when right. it happened. Yeah. So, and 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 now I wanted I wanted like more merch than they would even sell at Academy. So I think Academy has like shirts only, and I wanted more stuff. What are they? Uh, what are they getting for a championship hat now? Is it still like forty bucks? I haven't bought one clearly. Yeah, since. around there. Man. God, that's a feeling I miss so much of <laughs> uh, going to going to buy the the championship gear like the day after. Waiting in line outside the door, hoping they so, still have your size left. <laughs> so um, the the coolest time was um, twenty seventeen. I'm sorry, sorry, twenty two thousand seven when the Spurs won. Um, I'd never had the chance to uh, kind of enjoy it because I was working all mm-hmm. the time. And uh, that night, because I think it was like four to one, that series against the Cavs in 2007. Um, like, yes. that Yes. So it was a pretty foregone conclusion. So the merch was already like in-house. So I was working at WAI in San Antonio, downtown, and uh, – before the game was over, the Spurs like dropped off championship merch. Mm. I was like, "Ooh," and uh, <laughs> which is never like it's always like weird, superstitious things. But I got my shit free that night. That's awesome. It was the best. I've got. Did the they were they just like the... wanting you to show it on air and stuff? Or yeah, just yeah, yeah. But they brought a bunch of it. Nice. So those those of us that were there, we partook. Very cool. Um, I mean, it was, that's what it was for. It was to I mean, imagine away. if there was an epic comeback, you would have some priceless swag on your hands. <laughs> there, uh, I did see at one point. This is before. This is before they just like swapped out the patch. Mm-hmm. It's really kind of not as fun anymore, unless you got like a back to back going or something. Right, but they still produce it all. Right. Uh, well, if it goes to a certain amount of games, but they just like. Like if you look at the hat, like it just like the only thing that's different is the patch, mm-hmm. like the logo. This is before that. This is you know when it's clearly meant to be a a thing. But at some point, I remember seeing a 2013 Spurs championship hat. Like it made it out into the wild somewhere, like on yeah. eBay, which is sad. But anyway, yeah. good times. Um, yeah. Well, congratulations <laughs> to you and your Houston Astros, Cody. Thank you. Um. Can't wait to see all that swag you got. It'll be coming. Are you gonna? So you're getting a hoodie. Mm-hmm. Um, I always find it like I, I would always get the shirt, right? But I'd find it had like a shelf life for me to wear it. Mm-hmm. Is that gonna be the same thing for you with a hoodie? Like, is it gonna be retired at some point? I don't 
I don't think so. I mean, like, I mean, like, I, I, I imagine I would wear it less, but I don't think I'd hang it up in the rafters or anything. I think it's right. You know, I think I think I would still wear it. I mean, I think I feel I feel like it has like at least like a two to three year shelf life. Yeah, at least. Yeah, you can you can eat off of a championship for a good couple of years. Oh, I always said you can't complain for five years. Mm-hmm. Like you've got a five year window, and then now you can be like, oh, this fucking Spurs. <laughs> anyway, I did I did order one of those new uh, the new city edition jerseys. So for the first time ever. Like I told you, like a dipshit with my own name on it. <laughs> I, I really hope you put your first name on the back and not your last. <laughs> <laughs> Did I put fr- like uh, an office, like from Dwight? Yeah. That was my favorite. Uh, anyway, all right, let's go ahead. Uh, anything else before we move on? Sorry. No, we're good. All right, let's go ahead and move on to reviews. Here are this week's reviews. This week we have Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Stop right there. Who are you? And how did you get in here? This place is amazing. The air is pristine. And the water. My mother told stories about a place like this. A protected land with people that never have to leave. That never have to change who they were. What reason do you have to reveal your secret to the world? I am not a woman who enjoys repeating herself. Who? Are you? I have many names. My people call me Ahkukunkan. But my enemies call me Namor. This is, of course, the sequel to the uh, 2018 Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe film Black Panther. Um, obviously, a very weighted film here uh, following the death of Chadwick Boseman in 2020. Um, a lot of speculation as to what exactly this movie was going to be about, um, but it's here and uh, it's uh, more of an ensemble piece. You see there, um, uh, obviously, uh, new character uh, Namor, who's been re- Namor, who's been reimagined as a sort of Mesoamerican uh, character, which wasn't. I don't know if you're how familiar you are with with Namor, no. the Submariner. Not not very. He was just a white dude. Now uh. they've 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 changed it up anyway uh i'm getting ahead of myself uh cody tell us about uh black panther wakanda forever and what you thought of it sure you know i I think one of the big things uh as as you mentioned that was on everyone's mind was how are they going to like what are they going to do with this franchise obviously black panther was a huge hit a huge success uh and then you know chadwick boseman's death came from nowhere um you know no one really knew about it and then you know the the big question became like well what do you do with this franchise that's been launched um you know uh and and what do you do with the character do you recast it do you move forward without him um and uh, and and you know obviously also just kind of like the story of do they address it you know i you know i think everyone coming in knew that you you had to at some point and like it, you couldn't just go have it be unaddressed but you know that was the first thing to see was that I was interested in seeing was like what do you what do you do in terms of like reflecting the real life tragedy that happened and and put it into this narrative and um and I and I do think that you know they really kind of dive into it with the with kind of like the prologue of the movie um and and, and like kind of like the intro and the 
and um and kind of like settling into everything kind of establishing that yes in the you know the cinematic world the character of t'challa does die um and, oh. how dare sorry, you i kicked you out uh, sorry 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 uh anyway the character of t'challa does die and and they do address that and and kind of have this like nation of mourning kind of um idea and then also the idea is that the the um the black panther mantle kind of goes unclaimed there is no black panther in wakanda um and then from there it, it feels like it feels like um you know you and i were talking about this a little bit but it kind of feels like a lot of this stuff probably was there um to some degree to begin with um, yeah. because it, it kind of goes into sort of this i this you know storyline of um uh, you know uh there's there's a there's like a threat that wakanda um has all the vibranium and um and you know the uh, the united nations or whatever the analog is in the movie um, I mean, it's just the un yeah. okay um is is concerned that all the, you know only like one country has all of the resources and then what it comes out is that there's some more vibranium found in this kind of like underwater um what would you call it city I guess. Well, I mean, I guess the the analog for that is Atlantis. Atlantis, yeah. Um, and and then it introduces Namor and and kind of like his uh, his people. Um, and you know, I think that uh, the movie starts off really strong. I actually think the first act of this movie is really really good. Um, you know, you get two fantastic action sequences. One uh, is is the scene that happens on a on a boat. Um, where we first get kind of introduced to Namor and um, and his army, which I think honestly is like one of the coolest action sequences Marvel has ever done. I think that whole sequence is really really neat, um, especially when you start getting a hint of like their powers and like what they mm -hmm. can do with sound and stuff like that. Um, that that scene is really cool. And then you know there, there's the introduction in the first act two of of the character that ends up being Ironheart. Um, Riri, what what's her last? I can't remember the last. Riri name, Williams. Riri Williams. Um, and, uh, and, Dominic and, Thorne is the actress's name, but yeah. Yeah, and I think that I, I like the intro of it, um, and I think that there's like a, a chase scene that happens in that first act um, that's also very very well done, um, and um, and and I like the introduction the introduction of that character, and I'm curious to see where they go with it. Not that it adds a whole lot to the narrative at all, <laughs> as a whole, but. Um, I, I, I don't I do think it really adds anything. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, and then we start getting like into the depth of the kind of middle act, which is Shuri, the uh, 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 T'Challa's sister, kind of gets taken by these um, people, um, the sea people. I don't know what else to call them. The Telecon, I believe. Yeah. What... And we spend a lot of time underwater. <laughs> and. <laughs> And and the you know this middle chunk of the movie features like this really long sequence underwater of like touring, um, you know the city and in 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 uh, Shuri is in like this like comical uh, underwater spacesuit thing and 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 it's by this time like the middle of the movie where I really started feeling the fatigue and and I really started checking out on a lot of what the plot line was especially because. You know, the movie starts off being centered around the grief that is experienced as a result of losing the character. And then, like, it's 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 just sort of, like, peppered once or twice, and then it's, like, pointed at the end. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I've been seeing a lot of people talk a little bit about this um, 
this sort of like being a meditation on grief or exploring grief. And, and it's, it's really hard for me to, to agree with that in any significant way. I mean, yes, there are some moments, some powerful moments of, um, of uh, you know, confronting it and, and, and talking about it and seeing some of the actors probably pull from real life to get their performances out of it. Um, but, you know, I don't think that it is a deep meditation on grief or, yeah. you know, like, um, like a super in-depth tribute to him either um i i and i and i think it's because like the middle chunk and then like the beginning and the setup of the of the third act is rooted in you know like just some just like basic comic book movie stuff you know and uh you know and and like again there's this there's this whole third act thing about you know shuri being like driven by anger or rage to you know out of out of grief which again is a good context piece on grief itself but about you know like the real life tragedy don't know that that point really hits um very much um <clears throat> you know as far as the cast goes i mean i think and, and maybe to its detriment there's a lot of really great supporting roles in here um and nobody really floats to the surface i actually think that angela bassett is is like really great in the oh yeah amount yeah of time she gets like really adding a lot of depth and gravitas to that role and kind of wouldn't have minded to see her a little bit more. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of time spent with Shuri. And I think that like, I think Lupita Nyong'o's character is like the more interesting character of those yeah. two. She and doesn't I, show up until about halfway through the movie. Yeah. And I think the movie becomes better at that point for it. Um, mm -hmm. But I just feel like, you know, uh, there's, there's a lot of, um, you know, like a lot of side characters, side plots, side quests, and um, and nothing really like stands out. You know, and nothing is really magnetic about it, uh, about like either the story or the um, um, or, or like the characters. And again, like you get a pretty good villain with uh, with Namor, and I think that you know a fine performance um, as well. And 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 I think. Um, you know, I, I just don't know that that story really connects very much either, especially, and we get like a ton of exposition with his character. And yeah, yeah. again, that, that stuff just really didn't well, connect with me. Um, and then like, the, the, I think the worst of the movie is like, we get some <laughs> appearances from Julia Louis-Dreyfus and Martin Freeman. Um, and basically you could have cut every second of screen time out for both of them. And I think the movie would have been the exact same. Um, so, you know, it's a mixed bag for me because I do think that the first act is fantastic. I think the second act drags and I think the third act is okay. Um, and so what I end up thinking about the movie as a whole is that it's okay. Um, it definitely is not as good as the first. It definitely is missing something magnetic behind it. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel it's so long. Like it's 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 every bit of that two hours and forty whatever minutes it is. <laughs> two hours and forty one minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And, Second and longest think, Marvel film after Endgame. Yeah, which is crazy. I mean, I again, there's there's so much flab in the middle of that movie that I think you could cut down on. Um, but you know, you know, I think that it, it's just it's just an inferior to the first inferior to the first movie, and um, yeah, that that's basically it. Yeah, you know. Um, I agree with with most of this. I think that I think it gets started strong. I do think the 
like, and um, to to go to the like the filmmaking aspect of it, you know, this is this movie is in the unenviable position, clearly of having, you know, you you have the breakout performance from Chadwick Boseman, um, you know, a, an iconic role at this point, you know, four four movies in this movie, uh, the first film. Huge hit, becomes nominated for an Oscar, the first Marvel film to be nominated for Best Picture, um, I should say. Uh, and then he dies. Clearly, it's a huge emotional issue because this is a char- this is a, a a man who was you know forty three or something and dies of colon cancer. Huge impact. I mean. You and I were shocked by it. I can't mm-hmm. imagine what you know the filmmakers and the, the cast and, and everybody, Ryan Coogler and, and everybody down. That said, um, you know a decision was made to not recast the role. Watching the movie, watching what this became, I don't know that that's the right decision um, for the for the franchise. Um, you know it, it's. Like you, like you said, I don't think it's the movie's a huge meditation on grief. There is a lot of it, you know, kind of bubbling to the surface. And I, I think it's to the detriment of the Shuri character, who was kind of a, you know, a fun character in the first film. Um, and, you know, again, it's hard to, to do this in a comic book movie because none of this ever really has any weight until it does. Um, because if you think about it, like, oh, well, the Black Panther character died for five years in Infinity War. Like, what happened there? You know, and characters come back to life all the time. Like, just for example, just this past uh, Thor, uh, Love and Thunder, ends with a, with a scene in, uh, in Valhalla where, oh, everybody's still alive, sort of. So, you know, to, to put the huge weight of an actor's death so prominently in this film... <sighs> I mean, I feel I know that at the time of the decision, it was the right choice to make. I don't know that for the the movie to to feel as though a movie as as though it was a complete movie. I don't know that that was the right choice. I mean, I know that's an unpopular opinion, but this is um, this is a, a movie full of supporting characters, and there's no like you said, there's no magnetic center for them to to attach to, and I think it really suffers for it. Like it feels, and I mentioned this to you flippantly. It feels like the office after Steve Carell left. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's just a bunch of people. They're just trying out a bunch of supporting characters to see if it fits. And I think the most natural um, and charismatic of the characters um, get sort of sidelined. Uh, that being uh, Lupita Nyong'o, first and foremost, is when she shows up, the movie instantly elevates. Yeah. Um, Denai Geary's um, uh, Okoye, Okoye? I, I forget how to say that, sorry, um, gets sort of stripped of her, her title. Um, and then Winston Duke um, shows up every now and then to be like the comic relief, like interesting guy. But, you know, this this film is really Shuri focused and she's not, at least as written, just it's a bummer. Like it's yeah. it seems like a bummer the entire time. Angela Bassett's great. Um, you know, I think kind of as expected. Um, but her arc gets you know gets cut shorter than you might expect at some point. 
Yeah. So which, it, it, which is it's weird too because like I think that Shuri is like for me at least was like the breakout character of the first Black Panther. Right. Right. But like put in that very specific role of being kind of the right. you know the prodding uh, you know sarcastic younger sister character. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think everybody thought that. But this character as written, you know, dealing with the grief. Um, and then later with a revenge plot that I feel is a little half baked. Mm-hmm. Um, man, it just it just doesn't it just doesn't come together for me, and I'm really upset that it doesn't because I I I really liked the first Black Panther, and you know I I feel like this was like you said kind of rewritten halfway around Chadwick Boseman's death, and the, all the the Namor stuff was left in kind of untouched. And then we're back to the fucking table setting. Uh, Riri Williams, the character of Riri Williams, Ironheart, is has a uh, Disney Plus show coming next year. Um, so, so this movie picks her up, puts like show plays with her a little bit, and then puts her on a shelf mostly for the movie for the duration of the film, uh, promising that she'll be you know headlining a, a show next year, which is great, great, but. I wish it would have worked her in better to the story. Yeah. Um, whatever. I don't know. Um, I liked Martin Freeman in the first one. I generally like Martin Freeman. Um, he is given fuck all to do in this movie. And we get a heavy dose of uh, Julia Dreyfus's uh, Val- Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, who's popped up here and there in Marvel TV shows and movies in the past year. Um, again, more table setting for... Uh, I guess the Defenders is that what it is? Or no, the Thunderbolts. Thunderbolts, yeah. Thunderbolts. Uh, I was surprised uh, old ass Harrison Ford didn't show up <laughs> for half a second. Um, man, I don't know. It's just, I I just feel like the, there's a scene, and I mentioned it specifically to you. There's a scene in the third act that reminds you of what sort of magnetism is missing from this movie. Mm-hmm. Um. And I get it. I, I get every decision that was made regarding Chadwick Boseman. I just I don't think the movie is better for it. And I think a lot of people are still feeling that grief, and I understand that. Um, you know, like you said, a lot of people talk about this movie review wise being a meditation on grief. I don't see that either. Um, but I think there's like this public coping still happening with Chadwick Boseman's death. And, and I, I understand it. I just, we, you look at this movie in five years, what do you, what is it going to be? Right. Is it going to be just a, just another installment of this movie that is kind of not really complete. I don't Maybe that sounds harsh, but like, it's just, um, you know, it's an effort to, to deal with the tragedy of his death in real life through the film, which you know, in five years time, plot wise, is that going to be, is that going to make sense? You know, five years time when they bring back, uh, when Robert Downey Jr. returns as Tony Stark, right? you know, as, at what point is this death going to feel like something that was dramatically earned and dramatically relevant other than the fact that uh, you froze. Oh boy! There we go. Hey, hey! Now I'm back. Uh, good old internet. Um, so it just talked about it, um, and it's clearly not the same scale. 
mm-hmm. but William Hurt died, and they've recast the the role with Harrison Ford because they wanted the character to continue of William Thunderbolt Ross. So, you know, it's a little, it's a weird thing. It's a very weird, weird thing. It's kind of it reminds me of. Uh, I was thinking about this driving home the other day. Do you remember uh, Rogue One was released? And it has the uh, CGI Carrie Fisher at the very, very end. Yes. And literally a week later, she died. Mm-hmm. And the world was 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 terrified that that was going to happen with Carrie Fisher in uh, what became The Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Like, immediately, Disney and Lucasfilm had to answer for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they wanted to just, understandably, avoid any sort of disrespect to the real man that was behind the role and i mean i'm not clear that that that's the right decision ever you know i don't know that i mean i don't know it's just a i mean it's an impossible call to make and i think that i i get you know i get why the decision that they made was the one that they did now again you could you could argue you know was it the right one or wrong one and i and they could probably argue back that well yeah. it doesn't matter it was the it was the one we did so sure, like you know sure. but i mean again the, the you know to to put to put this movie just in a vacuum on the backs of supporting characters who don't really have you know to to to, to the degree that, that i guess either they're written or to the degree that they're constructed just don't have that kind of ability to carry a movie um uh and you know i don't know i mean i mean if you think about every other movie in this universe it has uh, you know at least one like gravitational character that is like the center of everything um yeah unless it's like a team-up movie which has like all of those characters combined which is well well it it takes me back to the eternals last year Mm -hmm. which was you know the low watermark? The low watermark for sure. But it, it had a, a bunch of supporting characters and, and then like a couple that were supposed to be kind of elevated that never really caught on. Mm-hmm. Here we've got people that started out as supporting characters and, and did great as supporting characters, um, elevating them to leads. I don't know. I mean, I, I, w- however Letitia Wright was written this time, whatever director. Um, and you know whether that's meant to be indicative of her grief, the character's grief, whatever. It's just there's no, it's not there anymore. Yeah, it's, and I mean you you do get some elements too of like, and again if you if you want to search for th- you know themes, they're there. I mean like if you want to take this like Letitia right now becomes the big sibling with Riri, and like that's the whole that whole story right. is there. But you know again, does that does that really honor or attribute the character or the man or is that just kind of like you know a way to introduce that iron heart character you know yeah i mean that's really what it feels like more than anything like this isn't this this doesn't feel that didn't feel like some sort of uh like changing of the guard so to speak it felt more like oh well this character is also a sarcastic science young female scientist uh um i don't know it you know the as important as black panther character and the film became to people and it's i mean huge moment for representation um huge moment for like kind of a a you know uh probably the 
like the strongest singular vision in the Marvel MCU at that time, I think, mm-hmm. you know, that didn't feel like it was off an assembly line. Um, for it to be where it's at now feels a little starting over. Lost you again. I'm back. There we go. Good job. Ch- I don't know what's wrong with the internet today, but I don't know. Um, just a lot of weight on this movie's shoulders. I don't feel personally like it. Like I feel like there was a, a some self-inflicted, like, um, you know, this movie wanted to wear its grief on its sleeve, and I 100% understand. Um, I think the movie, as a film, suffers a little bit for it because again what's this going to be in five years right where are we going to be at with this um you know right now it's probably what a lot of people needed you know they're publicly and you know processing still the death of chadwick boseman um you know does it honor his legacy yeah would it have honored his legacy in it still if you recast the role i mean i think so you know, there was never going away. This idea that he was this character and that 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 set the tone for this is never going away. But, yeah. um, God, at least it's not. Oh man, just you, you reminded me of the Oscar thing. That was oh. so sad. That's so a mess. That's so fucked up. Yeah, Still. that was. Uh... <laughs> anyway, yeah. um, what's your grade for Wakanda Forever, Cody? Yeah, I think again, I think it's like mid mid to low pack uh marvel stuff you know i i had talked about um you know whatever the last marvel movie was um thor yeah thor uh that that like marvel fatigue might be setting in and this did not do anything to kind of like squash that marvel fatigue um i will give it a b minus i think that uh, you know i i would say it's recommendable just based on you know like a super like again i would put that first act up with most anything i've seen from marvel i really really liked it um but ultimately it's only like a third of the movie and the rest (laughs) of it you know you the movie can't float by on on just having a really great third act and like some really good action sequences later but um but yeah i I think i I wish it would have been cut down maybe just like have that first act be half of the movie and 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 shave off some other stuff but as it stands right now a b minus yeah i mentioned uh uh tena cuerta who plays um uh namor again the kind of a like a um central american spin on the character which never had before uh but he's uh the first uh mutant officially in the right marvel the Cinematic first time Universe. it's said yeah so right. get ready for x-men more table setting but uh yeah uh i'm gonna go i gotta go with a c plus i just it's it disappoints me but man it was it just doesn't feel like it's all together for me. Like you mentioned the first act being, being, you know, pretty, pretty tight at some points, but man, it's just, I don't know. It, this movie kind of, I, I didn't, I didn't have fun. Um, and ultimately that's kind of what I'm looking for. Like I, 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 you know, to process the the idea that Chadwick Boseman's dead. Like I said, a lot of people need that. But man, at the end of the day, I don't think it's a. I don't think the movie stands on its own. Um, but anyway, um, that's out in the world now and making tons of money. So, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> that's gonna do it for this week. Uh, next week, Cody, a bit of a, a bit of a special one. Uh, 
with uh, Glass Onion. The well, glass. That's, that's actually going to be the following week. Is it the following week? It, oh, it's Thanksgiving week. Shit, I yeah. thought that was already this week. Crap. No, you got ahead so, of yourself. We're seeing it this week. That's but right. We can't talk about it yet. Um, Until next week. Yeah. But there are a couple of movies I would like to cover next week. Um, okay. One of them I've seen. I saw at Fantastic Fest, and I it was maybe my favorite movie from the festival, which was The Menu. Um, oh yes, that's actually uh, the same exact time as my Glass Onion screening, by the oh. way, which is a real pain in my ass. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, the, the menu is a movie with Ray Fiennes, um, uh, Anya Taylor Joy, um, and um, Nicholas Holt. Um, you know, directed and, and it, it's directed by the, a lot of a guy who directs a lot of the episodes of Succession, uh, which mm-hmm. you have not seen, which you should. I um, know, I know. And uh, and it has kind of like a, a similar feel. So um, I actually really liked it. I'm I'm interested to hear what you think. Um, and then the other movie that opens wide is She Said, which is the um, Harvey Weinstein investigative journalism movie, um, hmm. uh, starring Carrie Mulligan. Um, I think. Um, uh, oh, um, why am I blanking on uh, the actress's name? Oh, Zoe. Kaz- uh, Zoe. K- Kazan. Zoe Kazan. Yeah. Kazan. Um, yeah. And those are, they're like the two leads and then uh, some really good um, sort of uh, supporting cast um, uh, in there as well. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it kind of like if you watch the trailers, it, it, it looks a lot like Spotlight, um, mm-hmm. a movie that was my favorite movie of that year. And um, and, and, you know, it's one of those ones where, you know, kind of a strip from the headlines, very uh, relevant movie right now. Um, so I'm actually uh, haven't seen that one yet, but really looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, it it does. Um, I, I had no idea it was coming out. So yeah, and it's, it's one of those ones. It's not like an analog for Harvey Weinstein. It is about Harvey. Yeah, Weinstein. I'm looking up the cast. Yeah, yeah, mentioned by name. Yeah. All right. Um, if you want to reach us, you can email us at podcast.cinesnob.net. Find us on Twitter at Cinesnob. Facebook, Cinesnob at Critic, Cinesnobnet. Yeah. Um, anything else, Cody? Oh, you got, are you still doing the ramble? I don't know. You're it, in New it's York. It's still out there. I haven't been on lately. It's been a little bit tough scheduling wise, but um, ramble Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Fridays. All right. Um, anything else? No, I think yeah. we're good. Be sure to shop at Walmart or walmart.com. Um, on that note, I'm Jared Kingery. I'm Cody Viafania. Thank you for listening to this Cine Snob podcast. To read reviews, interviews, and more, visit cinesnob.net. See you next week.